Hello and welcome to another episode of the Gridcoin Fireside. Today is February 2nd and we're going to be talking about the implications of Gridcoin continuing our discussion from two weeks ago where we were sort of talking about the general what is Gridcoin nonsense. Um, if you want to join us, welcome to join us every Friday at 3.30pm Eastern on the Gridcoin Discord server. Bring your questions about Gridcoin or what have you and we will talk about them. If you want to talk about a development going on with Gridcoin, a potential development, an idea, a project, anything like that, those are also very much welcome. We love talking about them. Uh, we ended last week actually uh, on a discussion on an edge case that someone brought up that was actually very interesting. And I think we're going to talk about that more in the future. Uh, the question was what happens if like uh, Monsanto or some big corporation decides to make a Boink project and then just monopolizes crunching on that Boink project, how would our economics handle that? It's an interesting question. I still think it kind of balances out in the end, but uh, definitely a debate to be had on that. That said, uh, there is a uh, there's no real news this week, but I will highlight a awesome piece of writing put together by good old Lumpy. <laughs> Sorry, that's uh, apologies, Lumpy. That's just a really fun name to say. <laughs> Uh, who is a new addition to the community, I think. I, I just saw him join several weeks ago when he put this together. It's called A Simple Investment Thesis. He posted it on Medium. He also posted a Reddit thread uh, where people can talk about it. Uh, it's, it really breaks down Gridcoin and the potential behind it uh, and sort of the history of Gridcoin with a couple caveats here. Uh, first of all, Gridcoin, of course, is not an investment tool where GRC is... Uh, the, the currency used to interact with the Gridcoin blockchain. So, you know, don't speculate on Gridcoin. That is not encouraged. In fact, it's actively discouraged. Uh, secondly, in the paper, they mentioned the, they, they break down the number of users. Now recording. Why did Craig just join? What the hell? <laughs> so, uh, also in the paper, <laughs> they break down uh, the number of users by looking at how many people download the latest version of the wallet. This is actually a great metric to use. They come up with between 469 and 2,530. Big range, but it's probably closer to 2,500 people actually running the wallet. But because of how now recording. Gridcoin operates, I don't know what Craig is doing, but because of how Gridcoin operates, uh, there are actually probably... Uh, well over 14,000 people. Uh, this is because uh, 14,000 people incentivized with GRC for their contributions to Boink. This is because Gridcoin requires, the protocol requires someone to stake a block in order to receive their earned research rewards. And because we're a proof of stake consensus, we need to, in order to stake a block, you need to have a balance of GRC. And actually you need to have a, a balance of, it's a good amount of GRC, it's 5,000 GRC. Uh, if you translate that to U.S. dollars, which I don't know why you would, but if you do, it's not a lot. But in terms of circulating supply, it's a good amount. So um, we want to make sure that people don't need to buy GRC in order to participate in the network. So we encourage people in the community to make what are called crunching pools or, or pools. The main one is GRC pool. There's another called Arikata pool. Both are great pools. Go check them out. Uh, I think some of them also distribute other cryptocurrencies based on your contributions to Blink. But uh, these pools essentially operate as um, individuals staking a block, as individual wallets staking a block. So what they'll do is they'll you contribute to the pool's crunching stats and the 
pool keeps track of who contributes how much to the crunching of the Boink projects. And then the pool will stake a block, get everyone's research rewards, and then distribute them appropriately among its pool users. So there are at least 14,000 pool users between the two pools. Uh, and then there are also about somewhere between 500 and 2500 what we call solo state solar crunchers who are who have a staking balance and just run boink uh and and stake with their wallet on their own so that's a good amount of users considering uh the, the visibility that gridcoin has gotten over the years which is not much uh another big thing having to do with the uh write-up has to do with the whales they do a wealth distribution breakdown using the block explorer grid stats gridcoinstats.eu great resource great breakdown the only problem is that we as a community know that that is not accurate because and you can actually look back at ancient polls to verify this there we know there were wallets that held like 10 20 30 45 million grc uh and this is not including the the multi-sig community wallet uh and we also know that those wallets, once attention was brought to them, broke up their balances into smaller wallets. So it's harder to see where the GRC is going. So we as a community very much are aware, are very much aware that there are a significant portion of uh, a significant portion of GRC is held by a very few number of people, less than 10, we would guess, hold less than 10 people hold the majority of GRC that was minted in the bootstrap year during the proof of work phase. Um, because again, Gridcoin was launched completely openly. Just the code was put out there. People started mining it. And for a year, people mined it through proof of work. And then it transitioned into proof of stake uh, once enough coins were mined to bootstrap the network. So that said, freaking fantastic write-up. So if you see Lumpy around, he didn't even post an address for tips. Uh, just say thank you. It's a great guy. Uh, he does point out in the paper, he gives a good argument for the whales. Guys, we'll, we'll see what happens to the wealth distribution as the network evolves. Uh, ideally, they use their funds to create a network effect. Unfortunately, we haven't seen them do that for the past eight years, so who knows if they're actually going to do it at some point. Um, but hey, we can dream. Uh, that said, I'm catching up on the chat here. Just like the real world, right? Just like the real world. <laughs> uh, we're going to talk about the implication of Gridcoin. So if you want to learn more about like what Gridcoin is at a base level, maybe a technical level, Go back two episodes, we talk about that, and here we're going to talk about what this all means, like what we're trying to do. Uh, and we'll start with just blockchains and cryptocurrencies in general. Blockchains and cryptocurrencies enable this thing called open source economics. Uh, I called them open economic networks uh, two weeks ago because they are exactly like national networks, national economic networks, except anyone can participate. They're permissionless economic. So what that means is anyone can redefine incentive structures. And what's happening since this, uh, what's happened since this technology was released in 2008-9 is people just started experimenting with it. There have been thousands upon thousands, probably tens of thousands of different cryptocurrencies over the years, each playing around with one thing or another. Some just play with the text of blockchain, like change the block space and block timing. We don't care about that right now. Uh, others play around with the incentive mechanisms. Where does, what activity is incentivized by the protocol? So this protocol mints this currency, where does it go? What action does an individual have to take in order to get the currency directly from the protocol? Um, so there are some that play around with like social media. If you make a post, there is math in the protocol that will reward you with currency directly out of the protocol. And no one's really worked out the social media rewards part because that's really complicated. Uh, but Gridcoin has worked out a pretty straightforward way to reward people for contributing their computer cycles to this 
to distributed computing through Boink and at some point to folding at home. But we can also build upon that. So we can actually build in the protocol incentives for people to peer review scientific articles. Uh, and, and through that peer review process, maybe they get paid directly out of the protocol while simultaneously building a reputation behind their, uh, their, their, their key identity. Um, and then that also gives them maybe NFTs or clout or something like that. The, the, the details of it are yet to be explored because the technology is not there yet. But again, there are thousands of currencies experimenting with the stuff. So I have very little doubt the technology will get there pretty soon. Um, we could incentivize people to review grants that scientists and researchers submit to the Gridcoin network, and we could have a portion of the generated GRC uh, designated to grant distribution. So if you are one of the grant winners for this for the month of April, you get 15% of the GRC generated for grants. Uh, that sort of thing. And all of this depends, again, on a lot of technology that's still being sussed out having to do with how reputations work and webs of trust but it's it's moving along so for now trust me if you want to learn more join the community talk about it people will direct you where you need to go but that's really the base layer of what blockchains and currencies are open economics people playing with incentives and gridcoin using this theory to crack into the scientific arena uh, so by doing this, what we're doing is building an economy that's based on science. In order to get the money that's generated by the protocol, and again, you can think of a protocol as a central bank in this situation. And again, the, the legacy system, the current system under which the world lives under is a central bank prints money, gives it to a bank, gives it to another bank, which then gives it to another bank, which then goes down this whole row of really weird behind the scenes shit. And then that gets put in the hands of a business owner or someone taking out a loan eventually. So that flow is the current one. What Gridcoin is doing is saying, let's replace that with the protocol generates money and then we just give it to someone who's interested in science or a scientist directly, depending on the incentives we develop. So what, what does that mean? That's an economy based on science. The more science you do, the more money you get. The more you contribute to scientific development, the more money you get directly out of the protocol. And so you have to think to yourself, what does a scientist do with money that a banker, and, and, and what does a banker do with money? They're two different things. Neither of them is better than the other. They're just different. At some time in, in the world, maybe we want to incentivize banking. At other times, maybe we want to incentivize science more than banking. I would argue we almost always want to incentivize science more than banking. But it's, they're two different incentive structures um, with a currency just generated and given distributed uh, from the zero point. So that is really what we're doing. And the way we've done it creates some other interesting stuff. So the technical incentive that we have in Gridcoin is the contributing contributions or yeah, contributing computation cycles to Boink. Man, that's hard to say. Um, so the that's the technical. That's what the math does in the protocol. The way that math works creates secondary incentives. So the the way we distribute GRC that's generated from the protocol to people contributing computation cycles to Boink is we split, let's say we generate 30,000 GRC for crunching. That's pretty close to what we actually do. And let's say there were three whitelisted Boink projects, three projects approved by the Gridcoin network to be incentivized by with uh, Gridcoin. We would split those 30,000 among those three, three Boink projects. So each project would essentially have 10,000 GRC to distribute to its crunchers. And then the crunchers would receive a portion of that 10,000 GRC based on how much they contribute to that project in relation to other people crunching that project. 
So if I did all the crunching for project A, I would get all 10,000 GRC. If I did half the, the, if there were two people crunching project A, we both split evenly how much we contributed to it, we would each get 5,000 GRC. So what that actually does is it creates a smoothing curve where uh, if, let's say there are those three projects and everyone is crunching project A and B, well, if I went to project C, all of a sudden I'd get 10,000 GRC just for being the only one that crunches that project. So people will naturally, who profit-seeking individuals will move to projects that have less crunchers on them uh, in order to get more profit, uh, which means that any project that Gridcoin whitelists gets crunchers, gets uh, theoretically an even share of crunchers. It's not practically even because some people will always crunch the project they love. And that's just that. And that's fine. We love it. But the reality is there are people who are just in it for money. And that's perfectly fine. That's the way the world works. Greed exists. Don't deny it. And, but if greed exists, why not force people to have to do science in order to get that money they so desire? So that's what we're saying. If you want to do science, do or if you want to get money, do science. And here's the way we're going to make sure that everyone gets some of their science done, gets some computation um, for their work. With our and, and the way we do it is with our GRC distribution mechanism. It's called magnitude. Uh, there are discussions around how we can tweak it to make it even more interesting. Um, I'm gonna. For anyone in the space, like we can make a time lock contract behind a project. And uh, if there's 50,000 or 100,000 GRC staked behind a specific project, maybe they get a boost in GRC in magnitude. So instead of getting 10,000 GRC, they'll get 15,000 GRC for as long as that GRC, the, the time lock contract exists. But if you're new to this stuff and you don't know what anything that means, don't worry about it. Uh, essentially, our magnitude distribution, our GRC distribution to whitelisted projects creates a smoothing curve, which guarantees computation cycles to each whitelisted project, which is very, very neat. Uh, another incentive structure that Gridcoin has built that's indirect, it's not technical, is <laughs> uh, catching up on the chat. You guys are ridiculous. Um, another indirect incentive structure has to do with the way we whitelist projects. So the, the whitelist is essentially a list of a network approved projects that will be incentivized with GRC. So they'll get a portion of the GRC minted for uh, crunchers. The way we add a project to this list is through a network wide vote. Um, and now when you combine that process with stakeholder or blockchain theory, which is that if you have a stake in a network, you're going to want to perform an action that benefits that network. Otherwise, you're basically doing self-harm, and people generally do not like to, to harm themselves in this way. So if that theory holds true, people are going to want to only add projects to this approved list that bring value to the network. And Gridcoin has grown up in such a way that value added equals science. Science equals value added. So we vet what happens is the network has a vibrant discussion about whether or not the project up for whitelisting uh, is actually doing research that the network likes, that they think will add value to the network. Is it doing cancer research? Is it doing math? Is it working on uh, essentially game simulation with like Minecraft at home? Or is it trying to hack the NSA? So those first three would probably bring value to the network and that, that last one won't. But the point being this incentive is the participants of the network that do the voting have to learn about the science of the project. 
and the project wants to get whitelisted because we have a shit ton of processing power in our network. Uh, so that project is actually going to teach um, the network participants about the science behind the project. So you have scientists talking to people who are not scientists. In fact, a lot of people are just, they're just there because they're greedy, right? They're doing science because they get paid to do it. Uh, so what that does is it breaks the institutional divide. You no longer have this institution, this academic world, living in its own bubble, talking among itself, uh, next to the rest of us in our own bubble, talking among ourselves. We are now forced to communicate because there are incentives involved. That's pretty neat. The the That break between those two bubbles is the reason uh, that people think the world is flat and don't trust scientists and don't trust uh, vaccines and, and just immediately refute anything the scientists say because they're not involved at all. They have no reason to trust these people. As far as we're concerned, us normies, these people are just paid off because we don't see it happen. But now I have to learn about the science. So there we go. A third one is um, the direct participation in the science. Uh, this is more directly related to Boink. But when I directly participate in finding the COVID vaccine, that which is something Boink did uh, and several projects continue to do, I am going to trust that project, that, that vaccine a little more because I was taught even just a little bit what's behind the science. And I actually was part of doing it. So when I'm part of something, when I'm a stakeholder, I am more likely to want to, to understand what's going on and want the best outcome. And I'm more likely to trust the product that's made in the network in which I hold stake. A great example of this in traditional uh, in legacy networks like nations um, is the made in America versus made in China trope. Made in China means very cheap. Made in America means great and functional. That's not actually how it works, but Americans have a stake in our network. And the when it's made in America, it feels like our stake is it, it just feels better, right? Because it's part of our network. It came from our network. We participated in its production. And when it's made in China, that's that's a different network. We don't care about that. So it also, yes, Foxy, it contains bald eagle feathers. Everything made in America is made of bald eagle feathers. <laughs> so, so those are the indirect incentives uh, that Gridcoin has created through just playing with this technology. And we really want to grow on them more, want to develop them more, but we need more people to help develop them. Um, other things we might develop in the future, I already touched on it, publishing, uh, incentivizing publishing on our ledger, getting uh, a way to get rid of the, you know, we want people to publish good science. We don't want people to publish, publish, publish. We want um, people to want to go to school, but we don't want them to have to pay thousands and hundreds of thousands of dollars to it. If we can put accreditation on our network, that would be pretty neat. If you can prove that you're an expert to other peers, instead of having to prove it to a board of experts that themselves were declared experts by a board of experts who themselves were declared experts by a board of experts. But if you can just show to other geologists that you are an expert geologist without having to go to school, you should be declared an expert. Like it doesn't matter if you have a degree or not. If you're good at it, you're good at it. We have the internet now. We have access to knowledge. So we shouldn't need to, like, it makes sense. Universities existed because we didn't have the internet. We didn't have access to knowledge except for places where it started. And now, well, we have the internet. 
So we, if we can do that, we can build value propositions on top of the Gridcoin ledger using Gridcoin, which is again generated from a protocol and distributed people who crunch and perhaps even do science. So there we go, crash course into the implications of what we're building. They're pretty big. We can decentralize the entire system of science while creating incentive structures that force greedy people to do good for the rest of humanity at the same time. Sounds like a hell of a pitch if you ask me. Um, Random Daz reminds people to always do your crunches as it is in fact good for you. You want to get your CPU to get that shining six pack. Uh, <laughs> and even the bald eagles have six packs because American processors crunch the most. We all know it. All right, so that is a crash course in sort of the, the higher level implications, the general implications of what Gridcoin is doing. If you want to learn more, get more details, join the community, get on Discord, get on Slack. Follow us on Twitter, I guess. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> people will be more than happy to, to have uh, vibrant discussions with you about what the hell we're doing and where we should possibly go in the future. There is a point of news I forgot to bring up. Uh, there is a current whitelisting poll uh, for the Boink Project PsyDoc, which is doing protein folding. Um, I think they're they're doing general generalized genetics, generalized protein folding. Uh, great gift. Thank you. And <laughs> they are... Uh, for whitelisting, the poll is going to be ending shortly, but the issue with this is that, the, first of all, the person who made it is just fucking annoying, and I wish they would stop. They didn't follow the process, the protocol we laid out for whitelisting, and also, before they made this poll, which arguably is close enough to follow the process, before they made this one, they made another one that's just lasting for months, and so people are voting on the wrong poll. So guys, you have to vote on the right poll, which really, I don't... I don't care because this person dug themselves into a hole by making two polls and just not following the protocol from the beginning. So vote on the right one. Can someone put in the chat here which one's the right one? Because um, I forgot. Uh, what happens? Jeff Goldblum, the biggest Gridcoin fan, asks, what happens if we vote twice on the poll? Your second vote uh, overwrites your first one. That's on the same poll. Right. So if you vote on the, the – it doesn't, it doesn't matter which poll you vote on. Whatever poll gets validated with AVW – and passes that's is fine we'll talk about that in a second but if you vote twice on the same poll your most recent vote is the one that matters all right the new one is should gridcoin whitelist the boink project psydoc at home that is the one you want to vote on another way to tell is the one with the abstain option is correct um all right so let's talk about this poll for a minute we spent a lot of time making a protocol for people to whitelist projects that people can follow to whitelist projects if they want, because we were having polls pop up left and right that like didn't ask the admin for permission to whitelist the project. And that's pretty critical, guys. If the admin doesn't want the pro doesn't want to be incentivized with Gridcoin, we probably shouldn't do it. It's just a dick move. Um, other times they were whitelist asking to whitelist projects and the poll would last forever, like this other one, for example. Uh, and that's just silly. Like, it doesn't make sense. So we made very simple rules to follow to get a poll whitelisted. And in fact, a lot of these rules can be put into code. Uh, the gray list is a, is a better example of something that can be put into code. So the first step to making a poll is to ask the admin if they want to get whitelisted. You don't make the poll and then ask the admin after the poll is made, because what if the admin says no? What if, like in this case, the admin says Yes, but we're not ready for it yet. We're not going to be ready for two months. Well, ask them before the poll is made. They'll say that, and then you'll say, great, let us know when you're ready, and we'll make a poll. That's how it should proceed. 
because at that point you're not you're saying okay great we're, we're ready to make the poll but we're not going to make a poll unless you're technically capable of uh, Gridcoin incentivizing your project because we don't want to kill you and we also don't want to say we're going to do something that at the end of the day we can't technically do because their project's not ready so we're going to let you finish what you need to do and then we'll pull you and you'll probably pass or you probably won't whatever but we'll have the discussion at that point in time uh everything else is like sort of technical hurdles they have to provide work units regularly and and stuff like that they have to have um sec basic security measures in place so this person who made first a really bad poll for Psydoc, and even before that, they made a bunch of really bad polls, and they should really stop just making polls. They should ask someone else to make the polls for them at this point. Uh, so this person, the the poll, <laughs> the, the poll under that that's pretty close to being good enough, did not ask the admin before the poll was made. They asked it afterwards, and the admin said yes, but we're not going to be ready for a while. So please don't whitelist us until we're ready. So what's happening? When you say now, poll, you're talking you're talking poll in in the wallet, right? Yeah. Not nothing. Yeah. So I thought, and this is going back a while ago. I thought we had the ability to turn off certain, like if you do it too much, that can be pretty much removed as a privilege. Technically, no? yes, but no one's going to do that. No, I, I yeah, I mean it's it's again because then there's an admin structure and that's weird. But I'm just saying, yeah, I I, I thought we could if needed. Right, but we, we don't need to. So Because if you do that, you set a horrible precedent that will destroy everyone's faith in the coin. We do not want to do that. The only reason that still exists is for security. Like If there's a poll that's like bugging out the wallet, we need to get rid of that poll immediately. But the, And I don't think there's a way that could actually happen, but you know, it's, it's nice to have it. The, um, and hopefully that will disappear in the future once we fully develop the protocol and get it going. Um, so What about a functionality that allows us to vote to end a poll early. <laughs> that would be interesting. No, no, I think that's a legit, it automatically, like every poll so automatically adds an option that ends a poll early if needed. Here's how this is going to suss out. So that's why the three-week thing works out because it's like a poll exists for three weeks and people can live with a poll, garbage poll being there for three weeks. But the, the so there's, there's a couple views. I personally do not think the poll is valid. I'm not going to vote on it because this person... It is just stupid. This is just stupid. I'm not voting on this poll. But other people, Jim, for example, thinks the poll is valid and we can just, we'll, we'll use the human element to adapt in this specific situation. Um, and so he did vote for it. And that's the way it should operate. Because there is no way to put non-technical non requirements into a contract in the future. But what we can put in a contract in the future is the amount of people, the amount of vote weight that gets behind a poll. So what will very likely, what what I think is very likely to happen in the future is there will be a threshold. AVW will be hard-coded. And uh, so once, when a poll is validated or when a poll reaches a certain percent of validation, it will become highly visible in the wallet. Because at that point, that in order to reach this, this threshold of AVW, uh, not the 40%, maybe it's like 20%, then in order to reach that threshold, it means that the poll was seen by enough active contributors and voted on by them. And that means that those people think the poll is valid. And if the active contributors who hold either a large amount of GRC or a large amount of magnitude vote on a poll, it's valid. So that's that's how that works. Uh, so this poll, you have to make up your own decision on whether you're gonna vote on it or not. 
I personally think Psydoc should be added, added to the whitelist. I personally think that we should not add them until they're ready to be added to the whitelist. Because my fear is that we approve the project, we get a bunch of people to switch over to the project because they're like, oh, great, I can get GRC for this in two months. And then the project does not fulfill what it says it's going to fulfill. It does not end up meeting uh, their desired technical requirements to get added to the whitelist. And we end up never adding it to the whitelist, even though we polled it and said we're going to add it. So I'm of the opinion this poll should die. They should finish their tech stuff, develop what they need to develop, and then we repoll it. Um, so other people are of different opinions. So no. So I, I um, if a if a poll if if someone in the community made it, I, I don't. You're right. We shouldn't we shouldn't remove it. Um, I have to read the poll. Um, I don't I don't think it should be removed. I I mean I think if if anything if there is a removal mechanism, it should be applied to every poll. And it should be a community vote thing. Like, again, a fourth option that says, like, end poll early kind of thing. But sorry. I get what you're saying, but there's not going to be a removal. That's... No, no. I'm just saying, like, if there was, I think this would be the only appropriate kind of one. Yeah. Right? I hear um, And again, when I say removal, blockchain is forever. And since it, and these polls are maintained on the blockchain, so it would be more like it would close early, not really ever remove, just to be clear. Um, uh, but, um, oh, crud, I had a point. Um, oh, yeah. No, I just... I liked uh, before, and, and for anyone who's not legacy, and I know this is totally wrong, but legacy meaning like three or four years at least, right? I know, I know some people like say like seven, seven years, but yeah. So at least like three years, there, there was a project a little while ago. Um, I was not super big on crunching. Um, I did a lot of like, I like doing a lot of staking. I like providing a lot of network uh, to the to the, to the the wallet uh, and to the coin, but I don't do a lot of crunching. I don't have a lot of resources. Um, but occasionally um, I, I, I did have like enough to get like literally like one or two, two magnitude. Um, at that time, I had about two, three magnitude um, just going off laptops and a new project had come on and they were not ready. Um, I forget the name of them, um, but I could I could look it up eventually. But it's um, there was a project that was not ready. They didn't have enough stable work units, but we added them anyway. Um, we burned through all of their work units in I think a week. Yeah. And because of that, we, and because of the way the math works on distribution of 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 grid coin, the few of us who hopped on immediately and started crunching it got like again a small magnitude. Um, but there was no one, but then the work units were gone and there was no one else to compete or level out that magnitude so i was actually making like with a magnitude of with a, with a very low magnitude after only crunching for like 2 days and then not having any work units i was making like 10 12 grc a day on just that handful of work units i worked on because the because they weren't ready and because the way the math works out behind the scenes so just as a an additional point to kind of add on to the, you know, why do we not want to do it? There's as much of a reason not to attack them because it's as a server admin, I can tell you this, it's miserable if you try to attack my site before I'm ready for those people to come. And as a as someone on the grid coin side, um, it's it, it messes up our math and distribution and makes it so that people who jump on really quick get paid lots for the next 30 days until until eventually those time out. So, yeah, I mean, it's project, great for me, but yeah. That project was DHEP, the Distributed Hardware Evolution Project, and it was an awesome project. They were building the goddamn enterprise, and we killed it. We probably weren't the reason they're not a project anymore, but we, like you said, we absolutely hugged that thing to death. Uh, so that's why we want to, yeah, the Star Trek Enterprise. They were doing um, 
uh, uh, circuits that would essentially heal themselves. They would switch gateways and stuff. So yeah, we killed the Enterprise, guys. Now, I think it was other reasons that they actually stopped being a project, but we did hug them to death. And that's why we want to ask the admins now. We want to make sure they're ready for us. So if this project says they'll be ready in two months, let's poll in two months. That's my opinion. But Foxy and Jim also have good points. Jim says we're humans and like we can pass this poll and then wait to add them until they're ready. But what does, to me, that implies some messed up stuff with the space we're in. Like we sh no one should have that power. We all understand in Gridcoin, we have a whitelist admin who goes in and changes the code to get the project onto the whitelist. Uh, but we want to get rid of that position at some point. And if we set the president that this president, if we just say, look, we'll, we'll adapt to it and add you in the future, we'll give the admin the power to decide when the project is capable of being on the whitelist, even though we pulled it, and it should be added relatively soon or as the rules state there should be agreed upon an agreed upon date like a hard-coded date that could be put into a smart contract and then activated when that date hits uh if there's not an agreed upon date uh and then it we can't adapt like that in my opinion Tech, practically i'm fine with it like because i understand this is a one-off we could do it and I like I trust Jim, but I might not trust Jim too. Like after Jim resigns and the next person comes, it turns out to be a, a, a psychopath that just wants to add projects to the whitelist, whitelist left and right. Right? So we don't want a benevolent dictator. Uh, so what would happen if this project, if this proposal passes? Would it go on the gray list? No, it would just literally go to Jim, and Jim would be in contact with the project and decide. They would decide together when they're going to do it, and we don't have a protocol for that situation because we shouldn't develop one because this situation should never happen again if it happens right now because you should always ask the admin first so uh no but what it, I, imagine, I mean to finish this out really quick what i imagine would happen is there there are two things that could happen jim would just and the admin would decide at one point they're ready and just add it to a super block the like the next super block i don't think that would happen what i think would happen is they would eventually decide oh the project would say we're ready. Jim and the admin would set on a date, maybe a week or two in advance, and then advertise that date to the community. Because again, I trust Jim. I imagine he's going to do the right thing, but we don't want to make it so that this happens again and again and again. It goes to the gym list. <laughs> the what gym you, list. What were you saying, um, Copper? So uh, two things. One of them I remember. One of them I'll, I'll see if I can remember. I, I've been working a lot, so I, <laughs> my brain is mush. Um but it, it's good to finally be able to hop on a, a couple of these. I, I, I pretty much, li someone, someone literally has messaged me like, hey, can you hop in a meeting? I was like, no, it's my time. I'm doing my <laughs> podcast. Leave me alone. Uh, anyway, so um, no, I think, I think uh, you're right. I mean, uh, Jim is one of the most respected members of this community. I think everyone here trusts him. I was actually reading... Uh, believe it or not, one of, one, of my, one of the guys who works under me sent me an article about Gridcoin today and uh, it referenced Jim as a source. Was it the Hacker News one? The uh, I think it was. Yeah, I mean, yeah. one of my a lot of my a lot of the guys I work with read Hacker News, and they know how obsessed I am with 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 Gridcoin. Um, they don't know who I am though. But um, as soon as they find this podcast and they hear my voice, they'll figure it out. And it's I'm dreading that day. But either way, um, yeah. The the thing is, is like I, the reason I I wouldn't want to preemptively make a poll. Primarily because things happen between when we think we want something and when they're ready. Um, so 
I'm not saying anything insane, but you know, so they might be like, they, they might decide, like they might say yes, when we're ready. And then two days before launch, they're like, listen guys, because of budget, we had to go with much smaller servers, which means we don't want to be hugged to death. And there's no way that you guys won't hug us to death. There's no way. Right. So we don't want you. In which case the polls already active two weeks ago, we'd pretty much have to announce that no matter what it's, no matter what the answer is, the answer is still no, which makes the poll still kind of invalid. Right. And what that um, does, like that injects uh, unpredictability into the network. And that's very dangerous. We want to have a predictable ecosystem. So this is why I'm saying, like, ask the admin first, make sure they're ready. And once they're ready, they can wait three weeks for a poll to pass. So I agree with you. That scenario would not be fun. Yeah, that's the only scenario. I Again, I, I like to come up with processes and standards for some of these things. Right. Um, but um, uh, but yeah, it, it that's the. Uh, that that's a situation where I would worry about is that is that time frame of poll is created and then the you and then we learn no, new information that either wants us to say, oh geez, that project's related to some sketchy stuff. We don't want to be involved, and we just found that out, right? Or you know, more more realistically, the person just says, listen, like you guys, you guys hug way too tight, right? You guys like you're a little clingy, right? Um, and I had another point, but I'm rambling at this point to try and just. See if I can remember it, but I can't remember it, so I'm just gonna I'll just go back re on you. Restate your point to see if it triggers your memory. <laughs> the, everything should be the poll is the last step. Basically, we should be at the point the the project should be everything except the the um, network's opinion of the science should be the last step. The um, the technical should work out. The admin should be on be on board. Technically, we should be able to add the poll or add the project to the whitelist before the poll is even made, but we just haven't done it yet because the network needs to have a discussion about whether or not they uh, like the science of the project. So that's that's the whole, that's what you're saying. And I completely agree with it because who knows if the project isn't ready and we whitelist it, or we poll to whitelist it, who knows what's going to happen between the time the poll starts and the poll ends. Maybe the project's going to lose funding. Like you said, that's a great example and just not exist by the time the poll ends. People will have switched over. Everyone will be upset. There will be a little bit of chaos. It's, it's ugly. That said, practically, if this poll is validated and the it's passed, then I think it should be whitelisted and, and it should go to Jim's list and we'll do whatever. Uh, and the next time this happens, I'm going to be much more vocal about this shit should not happen. This should not be whitelisted. We need to do another poll for this. But the... The practical reality is if the network validates a poll through the AVW metric and it's in the affirmative, then we have to whitelist the poll or the project. Like the, that's that's it. That's the contract. If this thing gets automated, that's the contract. And there's actually a really cool conversation here to sort of start winding up here. Uh, someone, I want to find out their name because uh, this, this was a great comment. Um, why uh, why is it had to be so hard? Why P. Sillen? I don't know, 97, suggested that what if the admin themselves were given the a means to add themselves to the whitelist? So that means there would not be a way for a project to be added to the whitelist unless the admin agrees. And Sai uh, said that, yeah, this, this is a way to do this. Um, here's his, his quick algo. Uh, a project generates a key pair. The project initiates a poll for whitelisting that contains the public key. Voters approve the project. The protocol automatically enables the project. The project signs a grant file. And at that point, the scrapers verify the grant file signature before including the project in a super block. So there's a way to do that. So if we can automate it in that way, the project admin's going to have to approve before everything. So that would be neat. 
But the whole point of these protocols is not to set rules that people need to follow. The whole point of these protocols is to develop rules-based protocols that can one day be put into computer code so we can get rid of the trusted middlemen like Jim. We all love Jim. We don't want him to have to get any more gray hairs because of the stress <laughs> responsibilities we put on him. The gymless list. Yes, we want the gymless list. <laughs> That's pretty good. That's pretty good. What did you say? You're super quiet, but no one, no one could hear you. No one likes chocolate. Oh, shit. I like chocolate. Slim Jim. Slim Jim. We want a Slim Jim. And I didn't did that brand correctly, you bastards. didn't know what I was talking about. No, we can't hear you. Your mic's really quiet. Rajan, you can go ahead and ban yourself from the server. Pineapple on pizza is delicious. So, go ahead and get that done. <laughs> So are there any other thoughts on the Psydoc poll? Whether, what do you think? Is it valid? Is it invalid? Uh, some people have been agreeing with me that it's invalid. Other people are saying, let's just do it. Um, so really the way you turn that opinion into action is you either vote or don't vote. And this is the whole point of AVW. A poll is not validated because three people vote on it. A poll is validated because enough active participants of the network vote on a poll. And those participants must have enough stake in the network to breach that AVW barrier because the theory says, the blockchain theory says that if you have enough stake in the network, you're going to act in the network's best interest. So we don't want a thousand people with very little stake making a decision. We want a thousand people with a lot of them being people with a lot of stake in the network make decisions. Uh, Foxy says the voting itself is valid. The rest of the part of adding the project is another question. Yeah, so if, just to address that again, really quick. So I'm gonna. If it's validated, it's going to be handled correctly. It's going to be handled by the core team, who have a wonderful reputation. So uh, the, everyone will be given notice when it's going to be added, and yeah, it'll it'll be done well. But we don't want this to be the norm. So that's the thing. Um, I will be making a poll shortly about asking whether or not the first poll is a good poll. <laughs> you son of a bitch. If anyone would like to make a poll about the validity of my poll, you are welcome to make that poll. There we go. And this is actually, this will lead into a good discussion about why time lock contracts are going to be really good because it's going to limit time lock contracts and also validation visibility in the wallet or, or, valid, or weight validation visibility in the wallet. So the more people that vote, the more vote weight that gets put behind a poll, the more visible it is in the wallet so that all of Garbin, Goblin's garbage polls aren't really seen because they're not important. And also, if Goblin wants to make a lot of garbage polls, he's going to have to lock 5 million GRC into a contract. So he's really surrendering a lot of opportunity cost to be a troll. And that's fine if he wants to do it. But that adds value to the network at large. It provides utility of Gridcoin. So get your garbage trash polls in before we develop that stuff if you want to. Any other thoughts on the Psydoc poll? Any other thoughts on the uh, implications of Gridcoin? What it means to you? All that, all that fun, mushy stuff. All right. Then to wrap up, right quick, uh, vote on the poll if you think it's valid. If you don't, don't join the discussion in the uh, whitelist committee channel, whitelisting committee channel on Discord. If you want to talk about how the whitelisting process works, how we can improve it, improve it. Uh, and stuff like that. How we might go through and whitelist, re-whitelist all the legacy projects that have just been on the whitelist for ages, projects like Colas Conjecture, uh, which I know there's a lot of contention around. Uh, and also tell your friends about what Gridcoin means. It's an economy based on science. We're trying to make it so that 
if someone wants to be greedy, they are more than welcome to. But in order to fulfill that desire, they're going to have to do science. Science being the one thing that, when completed, benefits all of humanity at the same time. So what we're doing is making greedy people benefit all of humanity through the greed. Uh, and all that other jazz, you can just go back and listen to the recording if you want to hear. <laughs> Otherwise, we'll see you next week, Friday, 4.30 p.m. Eastern on the Gridcoin Discord server for a good chat about Gridcoin stuff. Woo!